Welcome to a big Friday edition of the Newsmax Daily for January 5th, 2024. It's the first Friday of the new year, obviously, one of four for this month. And it also brings the first jobs report of the new year, which showed 216,000 non-farm jobs added to the economy in the month of December. That, according to the Labor Department, ending the uh, year, ending 2023 on a high note, that was well over the 175,000 that analysts had expected, unemployment holding steady at 3.7%, yet the markets opened in the red again today. A week ago or so, you're thinking, thank goodness, the markets are back, my 401k, IRA, college funds, whatever's recovering, and we're headed into the election year, right? And then the very first week of the new year, it has been horrendous on Wall Street. Stocks already giving up a lot of the last few months' gains, especially tech stocks, which almost everybody who's in the market is in to some degree this after the NASDAQ suffered its fifth straight losing day yesterday. Today is National Bird Day, dedicated to observing birds, obviously, and educating the public about the world of birds. It's also National Keto Day, created to celebrate the increased popularity of the ketogenetic lifestyle. That, I would imagine, a lot of people have adopted as part of their New Year's resolution to lose weight and get healthy. That's perhaps the biggest New Year's resolution of all, along with getting finances in order or making more money. Don't forget, it is not a diet. It's a lifestyle, right? That's what they say. I don't know a whole lot about keto other than it's become really super popular, and it seems to be a lot like the Atkins diet. I'm guessing whipped cream isn't keto-friendly, but today on the food calendar is also whipped cream day, and I'm more likely to celebrate that than keto day, but you do you, as they say. To the headlines we go. The president, President Biden and the first lady are in Valley Forge, Pennsylvania today, where the president will speak at a campaign event. This, I remind you, after four days of resting from his near week-long vacation in the Virgin Islands and probably practicing the speech that he's going to give today, mainly about January 6th. The event was scheduled for tomorrow, January 6th, but was moved up because of the winter storm that's expected along the East Coast this weekend. So keep that in mind for your own plans. I mentioned that earlier in the week. Meanwhile, former President Trump is headed for Iowa. Well, he'll hold two rallies this weekend ahead of the Iowa caucuses. Challengers Nikki Haley and Ron DeSantis are already there. They have been there. They have been pounding the pavement, as they say. We will answer the call and and what people have suggested here in Iowa. Uh, You guys will have first dibs on the Department of Agriculture. We'll send it to Iowa and you guys take care of it. And after the Republican field trip to the U.S.-Mexico border, Texas Senator Ted Cruz secured a bipartisan win on legislation that streamlines the process of building bridges along the Mexico border. This is Ted Cruz speaking during one of his many visits to the border back in July. Every single member of the congressional delegation from South Texas, all the Democrats, all the Republicans were on the same page, building the bridges, expanding the bridges. It's good for South Texas. It's good for Texas. It's good for America. A bipartisan win right out of the gate on something to do with the border. This is a positive sign. This is a good thing as Congress gets back to work. Some bipartisanship. And we're also going to hear from Texas Governor Greg Abbott a little bit later when we get into the border conversation. But 
for the story that everyone inside and outside the Beltway is talking about on the job and on social media, we go to Carl Higby, host of Frontline. I've seen docs. They dropped last night. There are more coming, and they did not disappoint. Now, the Trump-appointed federal judge, this woman right here, Loretta A. Preska, God Bless this woman. Protect her at all cost. She has unsealed 943 pages in the case that originally convicted Ghislaine Maxwell. Now, we're still combing through all this and verifying a lot of it, but the key takeaway for me, pure irony. The whole reason this became a story was in an attempt to take down Donald Trump in 2015. Turns out, from the depositions of the main plaintiff, Virginia Guffrey, the transcript reads, and the question was asked a number of times above this in this page and over previous pages, quote, did you give a massage or engage in sexual contact with in relation to Donald Trump? The answer was definitively no. It was asked point blank. Did you ever massage Donald Trump? No. <laughs> Whoops. The only four mentions of him in the nearly thousand pages of this release is testimony exonerating him. And then one time about Jeffrey Epstein trying to call him to get a room at one of his hotels in Atlantic City at the casino. Now, Donald Trump disassociated with Epstein more than two years before there was ever any public allegation or investigation into him for anything. But by opening these floodgates... There are a lot of very powerful people that thought that they were going to get away with everything. Not being named in any association with Jeffrey Epstein. That dream, though, with these docs, ended, thankfully. Look, it's important to note that I'm reporting on what's been said in depositions under oath. And because of the gravity and the influence of the people named and listed yesterday, we have to address this with a level of tact, of course. Any network should. But I'm reporting on what has been unsealed in these documents. I'm not making allegations. I'm calling it how I see it. All these names, there are too many to list here, folks. It's not that we're afraid. It's just there's too many to list. They're all publicly available, and I encourage you to go read these documents. They are absolutely everywhere. My next guest, Alan Dershowitz, is mentioned in there. However, it's important to note that he received an apology in a settlement for mistaken identity regarding any misconduct. He was Jeffrey Epstein's attorney. He makes an interesting, interesting appearance in there. It's also important to note that he's been out one of the loudest voices calling for transparency in all of these issues because he has nothing to hide. And you're going to hear from him in a sec. Look, the, the first public allegations against Jeffrey Epstein in, were in 2005, and then he was charged in 2006. Yes, he got a sweetheart deal that probably nobody else in the world would have gotten, but that's when he became a convicted sex offender. Anything after that, people knew exactly who this guy was. He was a registered sex offender that brushed shoulders with some of the most powerful people even after his conviction. But you know why this is important to me? Especially to me as someone who, as a child, suffered an instance of sexual abuse. Because this is about us versus them. The standards that all of us normal people have to live by, what would happen to us if we did those things, versus those that the rich, the powerful, the famous, and the D.C. elite, what they are held to. So, surprisingly, Harvard Law Professor Alan Dershowitz is one of the many names that appeared in the hundreds of pages of documents. Not really a surprise since Dershowitz was one of Epstein's attorneys. Joining me now, Harvard Professor Emirates Alan Dershowitz. Uh, sir, I appreciate you coming on. Uh, some serious questions here. Clearly, there's no evidence of you partaking in any wrongdoing, but you were his attorney. Now, with Epstein being dead, it's Fair for, is it fair for me to ask, like, did you know about this stuff? And if you could go back, would you have never associated with him? 
I was introduced to him by the Lady Rothschild, a very prominent woman who told me he is a major contributor at Harvard and was interested in science. I attended science lecture seminars that he attended. But the moment I learned about the accusations, I terminated any personal relationship with him. I did serve as his lawyer. John Adams served as the lawyer for the Boston Massacre people. Um, and um, I got a deal for him, which he hated, refused to pay me my fee. He thought he shouldn't have to go to jail or register as a sex offender. Everybody else thought it was a sweetheart deal. The most important thing is this dump didn't affect me much at all because the woman who accused me had already, as you said, admitted that she may have confused me with somebody else and was a case of mistaken identification. She withdrew all of her legal charges against me. But what I'm concerned about is that not everything has been produced. I asked for everything to be produced. I was the one who first asked to have all the documents produced because I have nothing to hide. I had sex with one woman from the day I met Jeffrey Epstein to the day he died, my wonderful wife, and never, never had any improper relationship with anybody else. Other people did have relationships, and they have things to hide, and they're the ones who try to keep the secret. I want everything out. I volunteered to be deposed about everything, and I was deposed, and I told the truth. The problem with this, as one of the judges pointed out, when you have things that are done, even under oath, but in court papers, they're immunized from defamation. So the judge said, be very careful about documents that are submitted in court. If you say it on television, you can be sued. But if you say it in court, you can't be sued. So we need to have all the documents produced. We need to have all the issues. I agree with you. We should treat this the way others were treated. Yeah. We should we should seize. We should de de depose and subpoena. Yeah. Let's get to the bottom of this. Well, as far as I'm concerned, they got to the bottom of this. And I have, you know, my, my innocence has been proved that I asserted it from the day I was right. accused. But Others need to have an opportunity to prove their innocence, if they're innocent, or Sir, if they're guilty, they're guilty. Yeah, well, you brought up an interesting thing about John Adams defending the British when a very unpopular in the Boston massacre, but you also defended Donald Trump, and you're a liberal. You wanted the right to vote against him a third time, you said. There you go. Dershowitz was Epstein's attorney, or one of them, and Epstein, a multi-multi-billionaire, didn't pay him because he didn't like the deal that he got. And yes, Donald Trump is also in there with Bill Clinton and a slew of others. That was yesterday. Then last night, the second dump of Epstein's documents dropping, including more information on some of the people associated with the child sex offender and human trafficker, including Bill Clinton. An email says Clinton personally went to the office of Vanity Fair and threatened writers not to write a sex trafficking article about his friend, Jeffrey Epstein. Why would Bill Clinton want to protect Jeffrey Epstein? Another email indicates a 17-year-old was trafficked to Prince Andrew and two of the world's most powerful politicians whose names were redacted. We get more from Greg Kelly, who has a unique perspective, as he often does. This is a little bit long, but it is definitely worth the listen. This is one of the reasons why everybody hates, on the left, Trump, especially the powerful people on the left. Donald Trump has had his own plane since 1983 with his name on it. It's his, his own. He likes it. He even had a helicopter in the 80s, and he had it. Well, he still has it. A helicopter. I mean, a helicopter? Yep. They were so madly jealous of him. And then he wins the thing, and he gets to fly around in Air Force One. So 
Uh, they can't stand that because the rest of these wannabe billionaires, they really do, but they're not. They have to make deals with people like Jeffrey Epstein. Yeah, Jeffrey Epstein. Here's the thing. You heard about the list that came out and Bill Clinton's name is all over it. Let me tell you about Bill Clinton. I know that quote. They said, oh, we like some young. I don't think he was hanging around uh, Jeffrey Epstein for the girls. You know what I was thinking? I think he was doing it was because of this. The plane. Jeffrey Epstein had a plane. And this is one of the things that he would kind of hold out there and make celebrity friends, make powerful friends. Um, that's something that's been overlooked in a lot of this. Uh, there's also the matter of his death. The media think they have it all figured out, don't they? We know he committed suicide in 2019 as he himself was facing federal charges. Epstein committed suicide in 2019 while in custody. Many of them previously linked to Epstein before his suicide in 2019. I mean, a lot of people are not convinced it was a suicide, all right? I mean, there's really, it was the weirdest thing in the world. The cameras malfunctioned at just the right time, at just the time the guards fell asleep. Are you kidding me? It's crazy. His whole life is actually crazy and weird and mysterious. You know, he didn't graduate from college, yet he became a math teacher at the most prestigious private school in New York City, a place called the Dalton School, right? They're very snooty. You got to have a college degree, preferably from an Ivy League school. He didn't have that. Here's something also pretty weird. Jeffrey Epstein was hired at that school by a guy named Donald Barr, the father of Bill Barr. Yep, the attorney general who was, well, ultimately in charge of the federal prisons where Jeffrey Epstein was found dead. Is that weird? It's totally weird. And Jeffrey Epstein, there are a lot of guys good at finance. I mean, he had a townhouse like that's worth about $100 million. He had an apartment in Paris, uh, right in the middle of the city, uh, worth, they told me, like 200 million euros. His own island. This stuff, he didn't get this. I don't think he got this from, from just uh, being good at finance, all right? And the airplanes, it wasn't just one. It wasn't two. He basically had an airline, including that 727, the so-called Lolita Express. How did he make all of that money? We have not figured it out. Was it an extortion plot? A lot of people believe so. And as far as Bill Clinton, he just didn't want to fly coach. Bill Clinton did not need Jeffrey Epstein to get girls. That's my opinion. I'm no big Bill Clinton fan, but uh, I don't think he uh, did the stuff that they're talking about. Wow. Greg Kelly, host of Greg Kelly Reports, 9 p.m. Eastern on Newsmax. I told you it was a unique perspective. Greg also offering this clip of Bill Clinton, sort of as evidence, I guess. First time I ever got on an airplane after I left the Oval Office. Boy, what a bummer. <laughs> When do you really know you're not president anymore? <laughs> they don't play a song when you walk in a room. <laughs> and you're back on commercial air travel. <laughs> so did Bill Clinton and others befriend Epstein for all the free private jet service or for other service? Time will tell, but Epstein did somehow amass an astonishing fortune. An astonishing amount of money and befriend most of the most powerful people in the world. 
It is really an incredible story. But now that we know, now that everyone knows Donald Trump was out of the Epstein orbit years ago, it'll get about as much attention as the Biden's foreign business dealings. Here's Rob Schmidt. Welcome to Rob Schmidt tonight. Democrats and their establishment media humiliated themselves yet again today. You've probably heard the press hyperventilating all day long over an explosive new report which attempts to allege former President Trump is just as corrupt as Joe Biden. It comes with a desperation to create an equivalency here that they really, really need when we're about 10, 11 months from an election. So voters can say, well, Biden is clearly compromised. There's really no denying that at this point, but so is the other guy. So that's really just a wash. That's what they need. We're going to continue to see this level of desperation for the next 10 months. These manic lunatics are terrified of Trump and Trump getting back in the White House. They will do anything, the least of which is lie. And boy, did they do that today. Today, the establishment media, the press, we watched them after ignoring Trump's uh, truckloads, I should say, of evidence of Joe Biden's corrupt influence peddling scheme. We watched them go wall to wall on this explosive new Democrat report. Brace yourself. The allegation here is that foreign governments like China bought hotel rooms at Trump properties when they came to the United States to visit for diplomatic reasons while Trump was president. Take a look. Found over just the first two years of his presidency, Donald Trump accepted some $7.8 million through his businesses directly from foreign governments. And they do show that millions of dollars in payments came from about 20 foreign countries. The concern here is that these payments were made in an effort to influence Trump's foreign policy. Millions of dollars in payments that flowed directly from foreign governments into the various businesses that were controlled by Donald Trump and his associates. A Chinese bank, a state-owned Chinese bank, was paying $1.9 million um, a year to rent a room in Trump Tower. If you're still watching these people, if you're still watching these networks, God help you. The equivalency they're hoping to achieve here is that American voters will see no difference between what Biden and Trump have done. That's what they need to do. So let us illustrate the vast expanse between these two stories. We're going to start with Trump, who built a real estate empire over decades before running for president, which he did not need to do. Not like Joe Biden, who's never accomplished anything. The allegation is Trump is compromised because foreign countries like China used his very fancy, very nice big city hotels when they came to town. What they want you to forget is what these same news organizations reported years ago, which is a simple fact that Trump donated the profits from these hotel stays. Trump sent the profit. Now, obviously, he paid for the cost of having them there. He's not going to lose money for this. But the profits went back to the U.S. Treasury, which, by the way, is just like throwing the money away. They reported this, but they're not reporting that today. You see it reported here, CBS, Associated Press. Trump gave about $200,000 a year in hotel profits to the U.S. government, about 5% of what he brought in in the revenue. And guess what the hotel, what, a typical hotel profit, about 5, 10%. So the profits all went back to the treasury. Trump also gave away his salary. They're not mentioning that today either. $2 million over four years, Trump just gave away. He was never even paid to be the president of the United States, and they're trying to paint him as corrupt. That's how sick these people are. 
Thank you, Rob Schmidt. Scanning the dial this morning, I've seen very little or heard very little on Epstein. But as Rob said, they're all in a frenzy about the claim that Donald Trump took money from other countries and talking up the great speech that they think Biden is going to give about January 6th. And of course, there's plenty of continuing coverage, rightfully so, on the Israel-Hamas war. But like I always say, and if you're one of the many new listeners to the podcast, you may not have heard me say this, but this is really important. The more research you do, the less you believe. Remember that. And if you're a new listener, you may not know that I think the border is the top story in the country every single day. New York City Mayor Eric Adams, who's been fighting Texas Governor Greg Abbott over him sending busloads of illegal immigrants to New York City, which was once welcoming them with open arms, is now suing the bus company that has been transporting the migrants. Governor Abbott appeared on the balance with Eric Bowling last night. Before we put these uh, migrants onto buses or planes, uh, they are admitted into the United States by the Biden administration, given papers to be able to travel anywhere in the United States, and they voluntarily choose to go to New York or Chicago or Denver or these other places. So uh, we are moving them to the location they want to go to so that we can relieve the congestion in small little towns like Eagle Pass and Del Rio and others. New York City is far larger and has far more resources. Uh, and so we are moving people away from the border into areas that are self-declared sanctuary cities. Eric, think about this. New York and Chicago and uh, other Democrat areas, they self-profess to be sanctuary cities. But when put to the test, they say, no, 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 we don't want you. Democrats claim to be the party to support immigrants. But when it comes to living up to the task of supporting immigrants, they say, no, 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 let Texas take care of them. They are having to live up to what all Americans have to deal with right now, and that is more than 8 million illegal immigrants crossing the border under the Biden administration. I I don't have a lot of time. I want to get to this because you you mentioned New York, and Eric Adams is now, he's he's suing you because you're sending illegals up to his city. Um, But he's also suing the bus companies. This blows me away. Like, he's suing the bus companies that are just simply transporting the people that you've hired to bring them up to New York to to, to put put them where the Democrats say they want to be in those sanctuary cities. Texas Governor Greg Abbott on the balance with Eric Bowling weeknights, 8 o'clock Eastern on Newsmax. So yesterday we had the shocking news of 302,000 migrant encounters at the U.S.-Mexico border for the month of December alone, the most ever ever now we have the most ever police shootings recorded in one year this according to a report from the national fraternal order of police the fop says 378 officers were shot in the line of duty in 2023 that's the most ever up 14 percent from the 330 officers shot in 2022 which was higher than the amount of officers shot in 2021 see a pattern And of the 378 officers shot, 46 of them were killed. This is also really disturbing, as dirtbags have less and less respect for the law and for police. There were 115, 115 ambush attacks on officers in 2023. Ambushing police. That is really disgusting. If you are a person that wears the uniform, thank you for what you do and what you probably put up with 
every day. And be sure to keep up with all of the news all day, every day on Newsmax. It's available on most major cable systems and on the new Newsmax Plus. Simply check out NewsmaxPlus.com, get a free trial. Again, that's NewsmaxPlus.com. It includes all of your favorite shows, all your favorite hosts, with great analysis from people like Governor Mike Huckabee, uh, former Senator Rick Santorum, Alan Dershowitz, Carrie Lake, and many others. Thank you, as always, for listening to the Newsmax Daily Podcast. Happy Friday. Have a fantastic and safe weekend. I'm Tony Marino, and keep on fighting the good fight. News breaks every minute, every day. You need the app, the Newsmax app. Find it free on your smartphone store. Then watch us anytime, anywhere.